0: This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. On this episode of Big Sky Lead, we have reporter Holly Michaels, and she's going to walk us through the whirlwind of legal filings uh, that went back and forth in the 36 hours before three new abortion laws were set to take effect in Montana. It was a pretty hectic day and a half, uh, but Holly, can you lay out for us uh, what got us here by telling us a little bit about the new laws and the legal challenge?
1: yeah so earlier this year the state legislature passed four new abortion laws um it's the first time we've had a republican governor we've had a republican majority legislature for some time but these bills have been or similar ones have been passed before and then vetoed but became law this year and they mm-hmm. had an october 1 affected date and in mid august planned parenthood sued challenging four of those laws okay and they asked for a temporary halt to implementing three of them. The three laws they wanted to stop before they went into effect while this whole legal challenge played out. One would ban abortions after 20 weeks gestational age. The other would require women to be informed of the option to view an ultrasound before having an abortion and the other would have required informed consent before a drug-induced abortion and also blocked that medication from being provided through the mail. Okay. So those are the three that they wanted to halt. There's a fourth law they're also trying to overturn, but it wasn't a part of this injunction request, and that would stop health insurance plans sold on the Federal Exchange from covering
0: abortion care. Okay, okay. So three of the four laws are kind of grouped together in this lawsuit that we're discussing now. Yep. So, In that lawsuit, uh, there was a hearing in late September on uh, the request for an injunction to stop the laws while the rest of the lawsuit plays out, right? Yeah. Okay, so what, what exactly happened there?
1: So this hearing was really toward the end of September, and Judge Gregory Todd, who's in Yellowstone County District Court in Billings, At the end of the hearing, he said he would decide on that preliminary injunction before October 1st, which is that effective date. So it set a pretty tight timeline, because I think that hearing was about a week out from that. Okay. And then the other thing, the notable thing that happened in this hearing is Todd made this comment that wasn't really related to the abortion laws or any of the arguments around them, but it got into this ongoing dispute between the legislature and the judiciary branch. Right. So Todd made this statement that his view is lawmakers are legislating additional medical standards with these abortion laws. And Mm -hmm. the Solicitor General, who's David Dewhurst, said, yep, I I agree with that statement. That's something I think legislators have the right to do. And then Todd added, and this is his quote, like they've done with the judiciary as well, but that's a different topic, right? So that gets into this back and forth. Republicans in the legislature have been pursuing the judiciary since the start of the session earlier this year. They formed this select committee to keep that investigation going during the interim. And that started when Republicans unearthed these emails showing judges weighing in on legislation that would affect the judiciary. And Todd has a pretty direct role in that. He's the president of the Montana Judges Association. Oh, okay. So he's the one that asked the state Supreme Court administrator to send out these polls to other judges, asking them to weigh in on some of these bills. So jumping back to the hearing at the end of September, Todd followed up his own statement with something to the effect of that this judiciary-legislative fight wasn't part of the discussion they were having on this abortion hearing. Solicitor General replied, yeah, I would hope not. And then in the filing that he did, this was last Wednesday, that set off this whole slew of last-minute legal action, the Solicitor General David DeHurst said, Todd's comments called in to question his ability to keep an open mind to the state's arguments from the state's perspective.
0: Okay. So uh, that comment from Judge Todd uh, triggered the state to file a claim of judicial bias and ask for a new judge in the case. But that request came on Wednesday afternoon, just about a day and a half before Todd said he'd rule. Right? That's the, okay, yep, so that's, yep, the, that's right, our timeline so far? Okay.
1: Right before, so a really tight timeline.
0: And that seemed to trigger a lot of confusion and more legal filings over the subsequent 36 hours.
1: Yeah, so this is a pretty intense timeline. I think had a couple of reporters in the state slowly, quickly losing their mind over the next day and a half. <laughs> so the Solicitor General filed this request to remove Todd in Yellowstone County District Court and there's kind of two ways to remove a judge from a case. One is in a civil case like this, each party kind of gets a freebie for no reason whatsoever. You can just say, hey, we want a new judge, and you get one. And the state had already used their one shot to do this. So their filing was instead this claim of judicial bias, right. and that kind of claim has to be handled by the state Supreme Court. Okay, the, this is on
0: Wednesday. They this file. is Wednesday, okay. and it's
1: like right before 5 p.m. Right. So what happens is Yellowstone County District Court gets that request. They mishandle it. Instead of saying, hey, we can't do this, this has to go to the Supreme Court, they just file documents to remove Judge Todd from the case. Mm -hmm. So the next morning, Todd sends an email pretty early saying, hey, this is something the court can't do. We can't do this, this has to go to the State Supreme Court. So the court pulls those records out of the file and then kicks up this request to the state Supreme Court. Almost at the same time, and this is Thursday morning now, Planned Parenthood, who's the one who's challenging these laws, goes straight to the state Supreme Court and says, hey, we need you to be the like court that would stop these laws from being implemented. Because that first filing Wednesday, alleging bias, the second that hit, Todd, by law, had to stop working on the case entirely. Right. So he couldn't issue an injunction or not at this point, but he can't do anything.
0: And so at this point where we are, Thursday, the day before the laws take effect.
1: Yep. so once we get to midnight, if nothing happens, those laws right.
0: are... So Planned Parenthood is seeking a ruling straight from the Supreme Court yep. before that, October 1, which yep. would be Friday. Yeah, because okay. they're saying,
1: hey, there's no judge on this in Yellowstone County. Right. And their argument is if these laws take effect, it would cause irreparable harm to mm-hmm. women, to doctors who provide abortions and all that. So that's all happening State Supreme Court. At about 1 p.m., Todd decides he's just gonna step down because he can make that decision right. without any sort of court order. So he steps down and Yellowstone County appoints Judge Moses to the case. Okay. And then at about three, little after three o'clock, Planned Parenthood then files to Judge Moses and says, hey, we would like a preliminary injunction stopping these laws, but if you don't have time to do that, we'd like a temporary restraining order, which would be sort of a really temporary halt to the laws while he would decide on a preliminary injunction that would be in place while the rest of the whole lawsuit plays out. Okay. So that happens. The state sends a note to Moses' assistant saying, hey, we super object to that. We don't want a temporary restraining order. We want these laws to be put into place. We don't think there's irreparable harm. So that happens. Moses sits down, and he says, okay, I want to do something. I get that this is, like, these laws take effect at midnight if I don't do anything, but I have nowhere near enough time to do a preliminary injunction. So at about, I think, a little bit before 6 p.m., he did a temporary restraining order.
0: Still on Thursday. Yep,
1: still Thursday, so before the laws take effect. And what it did is it puts a pause to those laws for 10 days or until he decides on a preliminary injunction. So if he decides before that 10 days is up, Whatever he decides there takes effect, or 10 days, and then the laws okay. would take effect. If, But he seemed to indicate he'll decide before right. that 10 days what he
0: is going to do. Okay, so um, that's quite a timeline. Yeah. Uh, but at least it seems like there will be a brief pause while Moses decides on an injunction or not, right?
1: Yep. So we're kind of in this limbo now. The laws are paused. Moses has indicated he'll decide before the ten days, okay. but we don't really know when. So when, we're just waiting. What?
0: When d- does the ten-day mark hit?
1: It would be. So that was done on the thirtieth. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The fourteenth, if we're going business days. Okay. But I don't know if it's business days. Okay. So. Yeah, All right. We'll
0: see. Okay. Um. So I guess let's zoom out a little bit and maybe just so people who are following along on the timeline. um, Can we briefly talk about the arguments um, on both sides of, of this suit?
1: Yeah, so what the state is saying is they're saying it's the legislature's right to legislate in this area. And a lot of their arguments focused on this idea of they're trying to set the standard for medical care and that it's not high enough now to keep women safe. Um, And there were some pretty interesting arguments that played out in the September hearing where you could tell the judge was trying to push them a little bit, either talking about are you focused more on protection of a fetus or a woman, and there were times where the Solicitor General would say You know, we do think that requiring in-person visits instead of providing abortion medication through the mail would improve care of women. But then they got a lot into, and this is an argument that came up during the session, the concept of fetal pain. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, at several points, the Solicitor General did say, you know, in some cases, our priority is the fetus. Um, And it's a really complex area. Um, A lot of legislators who support these laws will say that, science around fetal pain has really advanced and we have a better understanding of what pain might be felt at different stages in a pregnancy there's a lot of dueling um filings with the court briefs with information of doctors with a lot of different perspective and it's just a super complex area so that is kind of a place the state is really hinging their argument on what planned parenthood is saying is that what the legislature is doing isn't really ensuring proper medical care. It's just putting in more burdens to access abortion that actually work to just block access entirely. Okay. Um, one of the laws requires more visits than before in a waiting period for a medication abortion. So they're saying you know, if you you would need basically three days off of work right. and childcare and all of that if you have kids at home and it just that's really hard for women to access. They're also saying, you know, Montana, we have really strong protections in our state constitution that people say kind of go beyond what Roe v. Wade does at the federal level that gives you access to a pre-viability abortion. Viability is generally thought to be somewhere around 24 weeks. So that's the argument against the 20-week ban. They're also saying that some of this informed consent stuff is it's telling doctors what they have to tell women is the risk with medication-assisted abortion. And they're saying that a lot of the requirements are really scare tactics that would make a woman not want to get an abortion. it talks about risk of breast cancer, death, of all these things. And we know that medication abortion is incredibly safe. There's been a lot of studies on that. So that's kind of their access is that, or their arguments is that we'll be asking doctors to say what they say is lying to patients.
0: Okay, so, and just to, before we wrap up here, just a recap, so currently there is a 10-day temporary restraining order in the suit, yeah. um, and then the next step would be a ruling from the judge on the injunction, yeah. and now, it, well, however that ruling goes, that's, the judge is not ruling on the constitutionality of yeah. the suit, that, yeah. that would just be another halt in yep. the implementation so yep. then can we assume that if the injunction is in place there will be a further ruling on the constitutionality of yep. the suit
1: so if the injunction goes in place the rest of the lawsuits lawsuit still plays out it's just that it plays out without these laws being the law of the land in montana um when it was judge todd's case in the hearing he did ask both parties he's like so help me kind of visualize how this will go say i don't issue the injunction and let these laws take effect. The right. state said if that happened, they'd probably move to dismiss the case because that would make them think that he likely wouldn't stop the laws from being implemented right. overall. You know, if he did issue it, the Planned Parenthood was saying it yeah, will go forward. This is kind of the timeline we're expecting. And one thing with Judge Todd is he was retiring at the end of the year anyway. Mm-hmm. So odds are if he did the injunction, the case keeps going, he wouldn't have heard it all because well, he'd okay. be off the bench by then. So. Now it's Moses, we'll see, you know, it's hard to read into because his order on the temporary restraining order is really short and it mostly, it didn't really get into the arguments other than he said, I do think there would be irreparable harm if these laws took effect, but mostly he was saying, I just didn't have enough time. But
0: otherwise he was just buying himself time to, you know, make, to, to, to read the briefs and do an actual ruling on the injunction. Yeah. Okay. So I would imagine that there will be, um, a lot more of this playing out in court and there will be more motions filed, um, and rulings coming. So, all right, folks, uh, that's another episode of Big Sky Lead. Um, if you want to keep hearing this, make sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, Holly.
1: Thanks, Tom.